Sundays on the CW. Brace yourself, superhero fans, because the bat signal is on and you won't believe who's swooping in to heed the call from the brilliant mind of Greg Berlanti and the executive producer of the superhero smash hit Arrow, The Flash, Supergirl, and Legends of Tomorrow comes the most anticipated new series to join the CW-verse. It's Batwoman. Get ready to meet your new hero, Kate Kane. She's a survivor like me, a fighter and an all-around badass who plays by her own rules, and she's got the ink to prove it. Batwoman's story begins three years after the mysterious disappearance of Batman when Gotham City is in desperate need of a new kind of hero. Soon after returning home to defend her city from the notoriously twisted Alice in Wonderland gang, she discovers her cousin Bruce Wayne's mysterious lair and his unbelievable secret. With the help of Batman's trusted tech genius Luke, she decides to carry on Batman's mission by becoming Gotham City's new superhero vigilante. From the suit to the gadgets to the fight scenes that will blow your mind. This is the Batwoman of a new generation. Don't miss the incredible series premiere of Batwoman Sunday at 8, 7 central on the CW or stream the next day on the free CW app. Succession Season 2, Episode 8, Dundee is over, but we are just getting started here on a very special episode of the Succession Podcast on Poster Recaps. Hello, everybody. I am Josh Wiggler. I'm alone. I'm afraid. I am not joined here by Emily Fox this week. Uh, so I guess uh, to I, I was going to say the, the Rhea Jarrell to my Marcy this week on the podcast, but the implications there are very strange and weird, and we don't want to go too far down that rabbit hole. So instead, I will say that I am joined here by a phenomenal guest who I shall dub Dom Wamsgams, uh, the great Dominic Abate. Dominic, how are you doing, my friend? Josh Wiggler. How you oh doing, my buddy? God. First time we've been on a podcast together since I met you, literally. Yeah, and it's odd to be talking <laughs> to you in this atmosphere. I know. Usually, we have like a Chris Noble between us yeah. to uh, to, uh, to to trick into thinking that he uh, does not know who a Rick Devins is. Yeah. Uh, although I don't think there was much trickery involved. Yeah, that was a, a wacky. That was an authentic, yeah, right, right? Authentic. Night. I tell you uh, though, I, I you know I've been listening uh, to you and Emily, and I'm really bummed that she's not joining us tonight because uh, she is lovely. And, she's fantastic. Oh, she's the gosh. best. You guys are great together. Um, you you have great chemistry on the podcast. I love lis- listening to both of you. Um, I love that you're listening to the Succession podcast because oh. that means like you're one of the eleven. You're one of like the lucky <laughs> eleven people who are listening to this podcast. We are a small but fierce group. Oh, I love it. Uh, here you know what, on though? the, on the good you, Succession. This show is taken off, and people will be jumping on the wagon, and we can say that we've been there from the yeah. Beginning. You were there first. Right. Okay. <laughs> All right. So just to set up what we are doing here, Emily cannot make it onto the podcast this week. We are very, very fortunate to have Dom on the show this week, filling in. Uh, and you and I have been talking back and forth for a little while about wanting to, to get on the podcast and talk about Succession. Uh, I love that you're listening. Obviously, you're watching because if you're not watching, what are you doing with your life? Right. So other than the fact that Emily is not here, Dom is going to be playing that role business as usual. We're going to be talking about the episode. We're going to be going through all your feedback. We've got great feedback this week, which you can send to us, of course, at Poster Recaps on Twitter. I'm at 
around, Howard. You can tweet your succession thoughts to Dom as well. I'm sure Dom would appreciate them. Dom, how can people find you online? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, at Dominic underscore body. Uh, yeah, I'm on Twitter. For the, yeah, yeah, you can find me. I'm easy. I'm an easy I gotta, find. I gotta figure out how to pronounce your last name. Uh, it's a, a bate, a body. You know what? Yeah, any, a body, any, anywhere a body. in the no, middle of that. Yeah. I got it. I got it. We found a body. Right. I figured it out. I could do it. I could do it like that. <laughs> I could do it like that. That's gonna be great. So tweet at Dom as well. Uh, you can also also use our feedback form postshowrecaps.com slash feedback on the off chance that you listen to the succession podcast purely because you love succession uh, and you're not here by way of like Rob has a podcast and therefore not here by way of survivor. Dom, can you introduce yourself for these strangers who may not know who you are? Well, I have to somewhat introduce you as well, because I'm pretty sure most of your listeners know that you handle several things with Hollywood reporter. The one thing you get to do every season in the survivor world is come out to the Island and meet all the players before the game starts. So that's when we originally met. I was in season 36 back in 2017. I gave you the harsh warning to not touch the table on pain of death. Look at you. You really remember the details. Look at that. I do. Of course. Yeah. I was very, I was very intimidating and threatening in that moment. <laughs> you were actually the of last myself. of the press people that I met. I, I remember it was a very long day of pregame press, and you were the last. And there you were, ah, sitting, a friendly face s- to send you off with s- such good fortune, s- sitting out in the in the in the middle of nowhere, this jungle with a little table set up. <laughs> I was I was worried for you. My I was fuzzy little microphone. Yes, but um, you were great, and we hit it off immediately. And um, and since and since the game, and that I played on Survivor, um. It aired in February of 2018. Uh, yeah, Josh is great. He stays in touch with us. He he allows us to stay in his world. And um, we've been buddies ever since. And yeah, we, we try to keep in touch. And occasionally we share the same taste in TV shows. Not always, but um, succession. We don't have to talk about Lost here. Yeah. Uh-huh. Lost has a safe space on post-show recaps. Uh, they cannot be threatened. In yeah, this and, and you guys outnumber us. So I'm yes. not even going to mess with that. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Um, but uh, succession for me is is complex. It's layered. It's it's very intelligent show and it's 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 something that could happen in the real world as opposed to loss, which is a completely fun, but, you know, not real real life situation. And uh, I'm into fantasy and, and, you know, fictional type stories. Um, You're a Westworld guy. I, yeah, right. Exactly. So how could I not be right? Okay. So a point well taken there. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, for some reason, Lost just really, I, I was more disappointed in that just for the length of time I invested into it. And the ending kind of just broke my heart, as you've heard, I'm sure for more than just myself. Sure. Absolutely. Mine as well a little bit, but I've since, I've since been able to mend it. But no, I know that you, you, uh, you adore succession. And, and I think that you and I like it for a lot of the same reasons. I'm sure I, I think what you've just touched on the fact that, um, not only could this happen in reality, a lot of what you see on Succession is probably happening in reality yes. to some to some degree. Um, but beyond that, I I don't know like a lot of like your specific tastes, your specific preferences, and I'd love to like uh, establish that base layer of paint here as we are about to dig into Dundee proper. What is it about Succession you like specifically? Who do you like on Succession? Give us the takes. All right. Well, I I actually have a bachelor's degree in finance, so I have an idea of how the financial world works, especially when it comes to big business, mergers and acquisitions. Uh, so it's it's a topic I'm I'm familiar with. I'm not 
you know, I'm a construction supervisor now, which <laughs> my degree had nothing to do with, but I still um, maintain the interest in the finance world and, and, and business in general and how things work. So the topic alone interests me. Um, and then if you throw in complex dysfunctional characters that have so, so much depth to them and and you know there's so much history behind every one of them and each episode just peels back another layer of why they are the way they are and and I love learning and along with learning trying to guess just like every other viewer like what is making this person act in this way and the more you watch the more you learn and you understand so that to me it's fun it's like um you know, it's just a, it's a very long story that you finally get the answers to um, as you watch. So I think the characters themselves are just amazing. The acting is amazing. The storyline is very real from what I've you know learned and, and heard about in the finance world. And um, I just love the complexity of it. I love like same thing. Game of Thrones, like it has so many layers and you really have to pay attention. A lot of times you need a pad and a pen while you're watching it just to really make sure you didn't miss something. So that to me is is what I love in a TV show. And that's what this has been for me. Are you a are you a rewatcher? Like, will you go back and check an episode out again if like you felt like either either if it was because like there's something you felt like you missed, How, even if like internally in the watching you'll just rewind, or do you rewatch it for pleasure? Like, is it that good for you? My typical routine is I'll watch the episode the night it's on, and then prior to the following episode. So let's say this is on Sundays at nine at right. seven thirty p.m. I'll watch the prior episode again. Okay. So that I kind of remember, I mean, you can watch the recap quick, but I'd rather watch it in full and, and get a fresh reminder of what we just went through walking into this episode. All right. So let's talk about what's going on with the characters, like in the context of, of this episode. But we can use that as sort of a launching point into just like how you're feeling about them generally, because I think, you know, there have been a lot of these uh, these slow boiling storylines. I say slow, but I mean, I feel like there has been like this really propulsive, fast quality to uh, Succession season two as well. where like we began with Kendall, like moping in the hot tub, having just like, you know, not quite 48 hours removed from killing a guy. And here we are in Dundee. And dudes freaking rapping on stage, L to the OG. Uh, like, I, I don't even know where to begin with all of that. Um, there's so many headlines from from Dundee. But if if L to the OG is not the number one bullet point on the list, I just don't know what is. Yeah. And uh, what was it? Roman's girlfriend that said, it's burning yes, my uh, eyes, but I can't yes, stop I can't watching. look away. It's- Dude, and, and honestly, it, uh, Jesse Armstrong, who's the uh, he's the the creator of the show and the head writer i don't know if you watch like the inside the episodes that run afterwards i strongly recommend you do but he had a, he had a really funny line about the about the, about the rap scene where it's like it's really quite embarrassing but it's also kind of good right <laughs> it's like that's sort right. of how i feel about and almost, it almost in other words it was almost borderline professionally done you know <laughs> yes. in a way because towards the end of it he had people like singing with him. So maybe a part of it at least was catchy enough to where they were like, all right, this is horrible, but we'll go along with it because it's not completely a disaster yet, but it's on the border. Well, it's a, it's a captive audience, right? Oh, like he's oh, got the whole room right. hostage at that sure, point. Sure, sure. So that's kinda, true too. Uh, you kind of just have to play along. No, DJ Squiggle uh, oh. came up with a hell of a beat for that thing. My God. 
That was and that was so out of left field, right? Like you're nobody was expecting that, right? No, not Especially at all. His but father. I, yeah, and honestly, of the people on the list of like who was mortified and who was offended by it, I actually don't think that he's like terribly high on that list. He seemed like mostly fine with it, um, like maybe like mildly troubled by it. Uh, but I, I, I am I am more than mildly troubled by Kendall Roy uh, and <laughs> and have been for a while and very concerned about him. And that's something we've been talking about a lot here on the show um and this week dom i felt like they they took kendall like they they've pushed him in in a new direction that's still like on the same path that he's been where he's like he's still grieving through this process last week he had to go back and literally uh you know like face the ghost of of what had happened to him in the season one finale he didn't get any comfort from his dad he certainly got no comfort from his mom and now he is just getting all of his comfort from just being stupidly wasted having the most amazing psychedelic sexual experience that's ever existed in human history according to him uh and he seems like he is um you remember like kind of like the energy he had when he first started taking drugs again back in season one like when he like showed back up in the desert and he just seemed like he had like sort of this wild look in his eye that's kind of like what he's got all throughout this episode yeah. i don't know where we're at with him but it's concerning right and and look at the, the last episode you you had nothing but sympathy for this guy you just wanted his mom to give him a hug you know like somebody hugged this guy he's just looking for an outlet and no one would give it to him so this episode is the the consequences of not getting that hug you know what i mean this is what happens when you don't give this guy what he needs he he doesn't know what else to do so he flies off the handle and he meets a girl in three minutes and this is the girl he wants to marry so he flies her out to dundee and he's in love with her until she embarrasses him in front of his father. Yeah. You know? How many times have we uh, said awesome on this podcast? So far? Uh, yeah, I think that might be, be the first oh, one. Forget it. We'd be first shunned. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the Roy family would never allow this. Yeah. It'd be very bad. Um, yeah. No, you're right. Like, I think that like he's, uh, but it, it's really consistent with where, with where he is. Like he has that, that moment with, uh, with Rhea after he's already like embarrassed Rhea by like setting her up to talk about, um, to talk about Rose, Rose. who I guess is, is Logan's sister. Right. Uh, History. and she's like, why would you do that to me? Like, right. what was the, what was the point there? And like, she has like the conversation about how like she's, like you're you're still in the thick of, of of the shit and he's like I'm not in the place that you think I am I'm actually doing really really well and that's like the that's like the talk of somebody who's really trying to talk themselves into oh, that sure. right like Absolutely. that's exa- that's exactly where he is and and, and Ray knew you could fool you could try to fool me but you know you're not going to fool yourself let me tell you something what I love about it is how the siblings are in one moment they are complete competitors with each other and then in another moment, they're ready to gang up on somebody like it's no big deal. You know what I mean? Like the, the Rose thing, have, like throwing yeah. her that grenade, you know, all three of them were like, that's a great idea. Let's have fun with that. And but 10 minutes earlier in the episode, you know, Shiv and, and Kendall were like, yeah, you're on your like, don't even look at me. They're constantly at odds with each other when it comes to winning daddy's love and, you know, trying to win his favor. But every once in a while, like that, that childhood fun comes back and the three of them like to do things together. And I just, I just find that chemistry that they have. So like, and again, I don't know if that applies to super wealthy families that are just, you know what I mean? Like 
that doesn't happen in my house. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Emily uh, texted me stuff to, to talk about on the podcast this week, some things that she would have wanted to hit on. Uh, and one of those things is exactly what you're talking about. She had said to me, uh, the Roy siblings can work in perfect harmony when it comes to attack mode. Imagine what they could accomplish if they were all in agreement and actively working together on something that wasn't an imminent threat. Uh, and I think that that's exactly right. Like they're great at offense and they're shit at defense. Right. And why and 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 they all have some quality that would allow them to run the business amazing if they could just figure out a way to work together, right? Like, I mean, it's odd. You can't have three leaders in a company. We know that. But like they all bring something to the table, you know, and it's just a shame that like it's almost like daddy is intentionally not allowing them to work together. Sometimes it feels like he's pitting them against each other. Sometimes I have this again, I go back to thinking about the things you guys talked about last episode. I can't figure out if Logan is just individually testing each of his children in their own way, like Roman, you know, like after he hit him and he played it off like, oh, I'm sorry. You know, that's not something I usually do. And I think like he was really gauging Roman's reaction to that. And and like just the way he blew it off, like it was no big deal. I, I. I felt like that was a test. Like he wanted to see how he'd respond to that. And Kendall, the way he forced him to come to the kid's house that he killed right. and see how he react, like all these different things. Same thing with Shiv. Oh, Shiv, you're going to be the next one. Psych. Just kidding. How does she react to that? And it's almost like he's trying to see which one is resilient enough to deal with his beatings that he is constantly lashing out at them. Or is he just really trying to cause them all to self-destruct by just mentally abusing the hell out of them? Because maybe he doesn't want any of them. Or maybe he's it's his last few years on Earth, days, months. We don't know. And maybe he's just kamikaze his way out of the business. Right. You know what I mean? We don't know. But it's that's what this that's why this show is great, because you don't know where daddy is taking it. And uh, the kids if they would just use their brains and work together instead of against each other, they might be able to pull something out here, but they just can't seem to get it together. You know, this is a, this is another great episode of a show that to my uh, just quick Rolodex of every single episode of succession. I don't think that there's a bad one in the bunch. Um, but one, one of the things that I, that I loved about this week, Dom is I think that we, you know, we don't have like straight, like yes, no answers to some of those right. things that you're throwing out there right now. Right. But this episode like turned Logan Roy into a bit more of a human being for me. Um, the fact that we go back to where he came from, uh, that we go back to Dundee and we, you know, we see like the bandstand from his perspective. We see his house. He doesn't want to get out of the car. Quick side doesn't note. doesn't want to go Sorry in. Sorry to interrupt, but uh, in yeah. the, inside the episode, didn't the uh, the writers say that they actually brought him to his hometown that he actually grew up in? Brian Cox? Yeah. Brian Cox is from Dundee. Dundee so, yeah. you know, it's sort of you know, that, that far gone look of like yeah, nostalgia. That was that's, genuine. It's genuine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's real. And I'm, I'm I, I mean, I don't want to assume for Brian Cox that like for him, it was like a much more pleasant experience than it was for Logan Roy. I would hope so. <laughs> right, right. But I guess I guess you don't know. Um, but it's something that we've been tracking and something that we've been wondering about a lot is like, where does he come from and where Logan comes from, uh, both physically, but also, you know, like his background is 
very different from where his kids come from. Uh, you know, Logan uh, is at, <laughs> this is a great moment of where Connor's in the car with him. And he's like, tell us a story, dad. Tell us about where, you know, tell us about your past. And Logan's like, oh, you want to know about Rosebud? You want to know that Rosebud was a sled? Uh, and for him, Rosebud was a dollar. Right. Rosebud was money. Anything that he could use to get himself out of this shitty town that he didn't want to be in anymore. Um, so we get that bit of information and you combine that with some of the stuff that we already knew, like the fact that he must have been brutalized as as a young person, as a kid, um, going back to that that episode that I talked about a little while ago with Kendall, you know, getting drugged up again for the first time in a while. That episode ends with Logan in the pool and he's like swimming to get out of the pool and you see his back right. and his back is just like covered in lashes yeah. and covered in scars. Yep. And so, you know, that he's at least been physically abused Absolutely. at some point in his time. Um, and so I think that there's probably like, there's a level of that, like, uh, you know, like parenting by the way that like you learned to some degree, I'm sure he's inflicting some of like, you know, just like passing some of that abuse on to his kids. But I bet there's also like a level of resentment that he did. Like he moved mountains, right? Like he created a universe, uh, in, in the, in the face of the adversity that he had, uh, been surrounded by as a kid, he created, uh, an entire, uh, you know, a, a completely different like language right. and empire for uh, how to how to interact with the world all on his own steam and all driven by his own rage and impulse and, and everything like that. And his kids uh, can barely get through management training right. uh, are, are, you know, freestyling publicly as like a 40 some odd old adult man child um, being totally impatient and potentially even petulant, if you want to use that word, when it comes to Shiv not being ready to accept the the job, uh, at least in his eyes, right? Um, so I, I think that this episode helped like kind of like, for me, if not like justify why he be behaves the way that he does and why he treats his kids the way that he treats them, helped explain it a little bit more, you know? Right. Yeah, it show, it, it's an explanation to why he's so frustrated with them all the time. You know, uh, in, in all these past episodes where he goes back and forth and like I said, where it seems like he's testing them, it's 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 as if he wants them to show a little bit more of himself in them. You know what I mean? And they're not able to do it. He wants to see that they have what it takes. Like you said, th this guy came from dirt. From what we're, we learned, he didn't come from much at all. And he was able to cross the Atlantic and build an empire. And. Like you said, his kids are spoiled. None of them can get through the day without self-medicating. They all just have this issue that he just wishes they would be able to change about themselves, I guess. I don't know, but he... I, I think he's also probably at the point where he's like, I'm too old to give a fuck. Right. right? Like, I'm, that's like, what I'm I, saying. I'm I think that's his point conflict. And I shouldn't... Yeah, I shouldn't have to do this anymore. And it's so disappointing that you guys couldn't figure it out. But you also wonder, like, where along the way he probably just wasn't like a present parent for any of those formative years anyway. Right. So it's a, it's a combination of guilt. It's a combination of fr uh, frustration. But also, you got to remember, like you said, if he built this empire from scratch, he wants to know that it will continue once he's gone. Right. Isn't that everyone's legacy that builds some type of conglomerate or empire of some kind? You want to know that it's it's. Yeah. Who's going to be my successor right. on the Wand off one of these days. Huh? <laughs> like who's going to take over? Someone will pick up that. Yeah. Um, but I think that's important to him as well. So it's, it's a combination of several things that are kind of eating away at him in his, you know, in the twilight of his life, you know, and um, these are the obstacles. And I, again, I say that 
But every time I start the episode, I always ask myself, like, is this show trying to be smarter than me or am I trying to be smarter than the show? And what I mean by that is like we talk about you guys brought it up um, when uh, Nan and Rhea like put on that show in front of Logan, how like. Nam was like, I'm done with you, Raya. You know, obviously every time Logan's here, you're here and, you know, you're fired. And I think we talked, you, you mentioned it, like, was that like, was that a genuine firing or was she sent out to like, yeah, you know, theater. infiltrate uh, the company and learn more about the company? So uh, are we overthinking it sometimes? So that's what I, I always, that's my biggest issue with the show is I never know if like, is Logan like playing dumb this time or is he just really getting older and not picking up on things? Even when he was talking to uh, Shiv, like I, I'm not sure about this Raya thing. That's a whole nother thing because we're pretty sure Shiv got set up tonight. Right. We're going to get into right. that. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Um, but still like this, sometimes he'll have these conversations where he doubts himself and he'll talk to someone about him doubting himself. And you don't know if that's just part of his plan because he's so smart or if is the guy really losing it? And the reason why we question if he's losing it is because he's physically falling apart, right? We see him vomiting at the at the um, the last thing. Where was it? Uh, where did you, where? At Ariesti. Uh, uh, oh, Ariesti. Yes. Yeah, so, so he's constantly, you know, physically sick. So we don't know if he's losing it mentally as well, right? So, so that's my biggest problem with the show is every time he's in some serious discussion, whether it be business, pleasure, family, you know, whatever it is, I can't tell if he's just setting someone up for the kill three episodes from now or if he's really kind of losing his marbles a little bit. Yeah, I think we underestimate Logan Roy at our own peril. And I think that we also underestimate Succession as a show at our own right. peril. But I think uh, that, you know, that falls in line with like, if we try to outsmart the show, I think we're setting ourselves up for, for disaster right. as well. Um, but Brendan Fitzpatrick had written in and he had, he had something that's along the lines of what we're talking about right now, where Fitzy says uh, that Logan seems to be super sharp and yet also deeply showing signs of possible dementia and early Alzheimer's. How much longer is this going to be drawn out before something truly disastrous happens? Um, I thought that this episode was very compelling on that point uh, for all the reasons that that you're describing. But I, I, I think you, you said something just now that really stuck with me, uh, that this is a man who's in the twilight of his life, right? Like this is a guy who, who knows on some bone deep level that it's almost over for him. Um, but yet with almost every fiber of his like conscious being that he can control, he is resisting that impulse. Right. Uh, he is he is swimming against the tide as hard and ferociously as he can. He's being so reluctant to to name a successor and certainly one of his children as a successor. He just does not want to do that because that would mean he has to admit that he's at the end of the line, that he's going to die soon, right. that he needs to actually start considering his legacy and and Marcy in this episode uh, really taking no guff from Logan Roy anymore and really from anybody. Uh, she was like uh, the code of Hammurabi in the house and she was saying eye for an eye with uh, with Rhea Jarrell. Um, but when she has that line with him, when she's like, oh, I'm missing the plaque. You mean I'm missing your pristine gravestone? Uh, you know, it's right. so like literally talking about his mortality, yeah. like talking about this honor as if it's a tombstone. They all seem and to I, be talking about it, too. Right. Didn't Connor say something for the invite to the funeral or to the memorial? 
Yeah, I'm, I'm blanking on what exactly it was, but he had he had some great lines this episode. Oh. There's there some good Connor content uh, this week, like with the sand, yeah. like sand fleas and everything. Greg, yeah. Oh, well, I think I wrote something that he wrote uh, that he said, oh, my sand mice are getting bitten by midges. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. It's so great. He's the best. Uh, but I, I think that this is something that... Uh, Look, the magic trick of succession is that these are horrible people. And in, in many instances, we kind of love them, right? Yeah. Like they're horrible people. And yet, like we care about, about their well-being. Like we don't want Tom to get fired largely because like that would mean is Tom on our television anymore. Right. And we can't possibly have that. He's, uh, not, but go- like, he's not going anywhere. Yeah, of course not. He's, he's a secret sauce. They're not going to get rid of any of their, uh, their, their key ingredients unless they absolutely feel like they have to. But like Kendall's a better example, maybe. Right. Sure. Like where Kendall Kendall did something horrible, did something absolutely abysmal after a season of like really kind of um, having these moments of, of cowardice disguised as the right thing. And then he does this awful thing. And now he's just like in like stone cold robot mode. And now the robot seems to be malfunctioning in some ridiculous way where they just poured tons of, you know, copious amounts of cocaine on the circuitry. <laughs> uh, but like, you know, he's somebody that like you should hate. Like when he's up there on stage doing the the L to the OG, you should be like rolling your eyes at being like this freaking guy. And yet somehow you care. So that's the magic trick of the show. I think that we're being set up, Dom, to have that same thing happen. And it hasn't happened yet. You like him because he's uh, he's funny. He's exciting. He's dangerous. So in that way, it's like of the Tony Soprano mold of kind of like an antihero type of character with Logan Roy. But I think that we're being groomed to actually start the process of maybe developing some sympathy for the guy. Cause I think that he's going to physically deteriorate and mentally deteriorate to a point where he's going to be like pathetic. Uh, and I, and I think that the show is like moving us there because we know that calamity is headed for Waystar, right? Like the cruise thing is about to explode. Right. The whistleblower again, things that happen in real life <laughs> that right. happen yeah, on succession, you know, the whistleblower who cannot be bought, who has, um, who's, who's honor bound to come forward unless you want to get conspiratorial and say that like, Logan's brother maybe is bankrolling some of that or, or who knows, because he seems to have a sense of the reckoning that's coming for Logan. But a reckoning is coming for Logan. But we need, and I, well, I think he's going to get hit pretty hard. And I think it's going to be interesting to see where we land on it. And if the show can compel us to feel kind of bad for this terrible man who is Logan Roy. Yes, that's like that. That's such a loaded like statement you just said, because as you're just going through it, I'm like jumping off in 40 different directions uh, talking about that threat that is coming. Um, the whistleblower. See, I think the whistleblower thing comes up. Was it? Yeah, it was in this episode as they were flying to Dundee, right? Where the, one of the assistants brought it up to Logan while he was sitting in the, in, in the and he snaps right, and he, he like claps back at her. Yeah. So we're introduced to it. I mean, we know there's always this lurking, issue imminent problem coming uh but that's the first we hear really of uh this this uh whistleblower and now i'm i'm following that storyline and then you see jerry talk to shiv as soon as the the plane lands i guess and she says look we don't want to bother your father with this we want him to have fun tonight can can we get the okay from you to double the, the buyout for the guy from 10 million to 20 million. And she says, yeah, you, you, you have the okay for me to do it. So Jerry goes to Shiv for that. And then later in the episode, 
while Logan is in his big party for this uh, ceremony that they're doing. Like all the lawyers get together, right? Frank's there, Jerry's there, like the inner, the inner, the, like the inner the circle, the, inner the noble circle, people, yeah. right? And they yeah. bring Shiv in again, and they hammer her about it, right? Like, oh, we don't want to bring this to your dad. What do you think? What we should do? The person next in line is going to get destroyed. And you see Frank looking at Shiv, like to see her response to that. In other words, am I? Are you with me on this? It, to me, this seemed like. Logan set this up to have the inner circle present this case to Shiv so that Shiv will go to her father and say, Dad, you have my blessing to put Raya in charge. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I, I, I hear what you're saying. I totally do. I think that this is like when we're when we're like getting on like the Westworld subreddit right. and like <laughs> getting like into the into like the, the real theory trenches, which is fine and, and super fun to talk through. Um, but I, I feel like. I, I feel like that kind of um, what what I like about where we might be with Logan is like he's like rolling over and like showing his soft parts, right? Like this is like a guy who's like maybe revealing some vulnerability to us for the first time. And that's the perfect opportunity to just like stab him in the gut right. and see creatively where that leads us on the show with that character. If he's just doing something where he's like uh, where there's some subterfuge where he's trying to get Shiv off the hook once again, um, I feel like we've done that. And I felt like especially was it was it last week? Where yeah, it was last week where where Rayo like set the trap for shit. Well, that's what I uh, thought it was. I thought it was the trap part two. I thought it was, you know, when Rhea set Shiv up last in the last episode, she was just taken by it, you know, and she still doesn't believe her father had anything to do with it. She still believes that right. it was purely Rhea just trying to get her off off the trail of, of, of being in charge. You know what I mean? You even heard it in the beginning of this episode where she's talking to Tom, Shiv's talking to Tom and, you know, Tom suggests that she goes to her father and says what Raya did to her, but she has no idea that it was her father's plan to do that to her the whole time. You know, I think, um, Shiv said, uh, to Raya when they finally got to see each other, uh, what do you outsource, outsource your fuckery? I thought that right. line was great because <laughs> yeah, it was really yeah. Logan who did the outsourcing. You know, he outsourced Raya to take care of his daughter. So that's why, again, I don't want to go off on some, you know, crazy uh, theory. No, dude, that's what we do on the podcast. It really so it. seemed to me like it was like set Shiv up part two when they just kept pounding on Shiv and like, Shiv, what do you think we should do? Can we say that you gave us the okay to do this? Yup. I gave you the okay. You got it. And then. She goes to her father five minutes later. Is like, Dad, you have my blessing. Put Raya in charge. And her father was like, thanks, babe. Don't forget, you're the one that said it. So don't come bitching to me later. Right, when, right. You know what I mean? So, I mean, again, but then we see next week's preview. And that's not the case at all. It looks like everyone, everything's falling apart. And the whistleblower story is real. Yeah, Mr. Roy goes to Washington right. so, and all that. Yeah. So, again, I can't let this show consume me too much because it takes me <laughs> sure, it yeah. takes me to these places but i feel like my theory is a solid one and no you know I, what I, mean? I think so, i think so too i i think though uh one of the things that pulls me against it is the way that the episode ends with you and with the the james cromwell character logan's brother with him like coming to him at the end and being like um 
uh, like the boogeyman's coming, right? Like right. the the thing, the, the 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 terrible thing that you've been waiting for forever is on its way. Like the reckoning is almost here. Um, and I mean, like the 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 like the the crazy like rabbit hole stuff that I'm that I personally had been stuck on is like. What does he know, right? Like, what does Ewan right. know? What has he been looped in on? Has he been working with the whistleblower? Is this like a biographer thing, right? Because we haven't like dealt with the biographer in a long time with Pansel. Right. Uh, and this is our first sighting of Logan's brother all season long to my memory. Right. He has to have been talking to the biographer at this point. So like how deep in um, in the plotting and the scheming and the wheeling and the dealing is Logan's brother at this point? That's that's something that I've been I've been like and like is it like he's so concerned for Greg that he's making like a huge threat to Greg to like get Greg out of this problem before it explodes and he gets caught in the riptide of it. So I've been wondering about that. But even like putting that aside and we could talk about that. I think the thing that pulls me away from your idea is just the sincere look of dread, like palpable dread of, oh, God, am I actually in for a world of hurt that Logan seems to possess in the final moments of that episode, right. um, which which makes me feel like I don't think that he's like doing another backdoor thing right. on on Shiv. Um, I think that like I think he feels like Rhea got him free from the noose. And now things can just like go back to normal. Like uh, Logan's like a classic gaslighter, right? Where like he just like uh, he he warps your reality. Like he said to to Roman in the back of the car, like, I, were you did I even make contact right. with you? Like he's just changing right. the rules of, of human existence right. uh, and pretending like history didn't happen. Right. Changing it history. Like that's, right. Yeah. That seems like what he was doing with shift to a certain degree in this episode of like, OK, I don't have to worry about you being the successor anymore. So you and I could just be like happy dad and dad, daughter. That's a that's a. Yeah. Great assessment, right? I could see that also being the case. And the other thing we were talking about, Logan's brother. Do we have his name? Yeah, you oh, and you and you and um, yeah. yeah. Even when we did see him last season, he seemed to have obvious animosity with his brother, but I don't recall there him having that much of an issue with his brother's business so much. I think we got hints of it, but it seemed like this episode he was like all guns blazing like how could he said what does he say he says like logan might be the person who is like responsible for the most damage on yeah Uh, on on planet earth you got like a taste of it in in that in those episodes back in the day where i think that like he was fairly disgusted with his brother and um i think like i think that there may have even been a mention of it earlier this season i would go back and watch right i have no idea where to look uh where they're in the process of considering maybe like buying out Pierce. And I think Logan has like some sort of a side being like, Oh, that would really screw my brother up. Right. Like he, he, he loves that stuff. So I think you get the sense that, uh, that Ewan is much more liberally minded than, uh, than his brother. is. Right. And it's, it's odd too, because you, you think how Ewan as much like anger and animosity he has towards his brother, Logan, you would think that he would never appear at any of these big events, right? He showed up to what Thanksgiving last season, and now he's at this big event celebrating his brother's legacy. Someone that doesn't have any, the the hatred he seems to have for him, you would expect him not to show up. But I almost get the idea that he's there like as a spectator to watch the fall of his brother. Like you said, you know what I mean? He's going to sit here and, and, and toast to the last hurrah for his brother before the shit hits the fan tomorrow or the next day. So I, I just found that interesting that he shows up to this, this big celebration for his brother, knowing what's uh, about to be going down. 
All right. You want to put a tinfoil hat on, which is what we say when we want to do something nuts, when we want to get crazy here, Dom? Certainly. How about, how about this? Is there a universe in which Ewan has been like responsible for pushing Logan's buttons from a distance to some extent and is going to find himself in a position of power where, where he, where Ewan could potentially become Logan's successor, could potentially become the person who takes over Waystar, or potentially is somebody who's like teamed up with Sandy and Stewie and is going to be like a key partner in the buyout of Waystar and is going to destroy his brother and take the company into a new direction. Yeah, and even some some type of partnership with Pierce because he probably is is more geared towards the way Pierce does, does things than uh, Sandy and Stewie, right? He might, may look at Sandy and Stewie as just another version of his brother, but uh, if he thinks um, means to an end, right? Yeah. Right. That's true too. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, first of all, do we know how much, I mean, obviously the man has money, right? Brother Ewan obviously has money. If he's able to leave his uh, grandson, Greg, 250 million. Yeah, that dude's doing <laughs> just fine. So he great. has enough buying power to obviously do damage to his brother if he needs to. So it's definitely one of many things. I just feel like we would have heard more about you in throughout both seasons. Uh, I, I would feel a little blindsided if they just like next episode he comes in and takes over everything. Well, like would it would it do would it mitigate any of the damage since we just got like they just like put that platform on on the stage here, right? Like that they just laid that runway down, and so like if that is here, like if Ewan is back here, so that like in next episode they push that further, and then like in the finale, if suddenly like he is a real freaking danger, you know, force right. of force of nature. Um, maybe, maybe that makes it feel a little bit smoother, but yeah. I, I would bet, cause it's not something that I'd been tracking, man, but I, I bet if you went back to some of the episodes throughout the season, right. I bet that there are subtle references. Right. There. It would land, uh, it's, it would land itself yeah. nicely. And that's the beauty of yeah. a show that does that. Right. Because now you go back and then if you do find those little hints, 22 yeah. episodes oh, again, yeah. you're like, that's such great yeah. writing. They're playing long ball, <laughs> you know? Um, so that's fine by me. You're right. As long as those little subtle references do exist, exists in the previous season i'm fine with it um that that that's that's good that's good long game right there for sure um let's let's talk a little more about uh about some of the other roys i don't know if you had more to say about about shiv or if you had any takes on like roman quasi proposing to jerry yeah, I, we gotta talk about this, this. Episode. what the hell was that a, was that a business proposal or a pleasure like what was that I think it was like a half-assed marriage proposal is what it felt like is to me. Is it because me. like she fulfills his sexual needs? Like he finally found someone that will give him what he needs sexually? Yeah, I think and he's And they don't even love. touch each other. I mean, it's wild. No. Yeah, it's what I he fu- gets. It's, it's his kink. What's wild is she lets him in the door every time. Yeah, she's his feeling it. And his immediate instinct is to go to the bar. <laughs> I noticed that. He'll <laughs> walk time. in. I mean, every time. this episode, he didn't make a drink, but he sniffed around the bottles to see what's, what's cooking. And he uh, it's like he's almost always ready to go if she's ready to go with some wacky, real weird, kinky thing that they do. So he starts it every time with business. And he hopes that by the time he's walked out, she satisfied him in some way. 
but he uh, hates himself, right? Like he likes to be treated like trash and it, it gets him going. And then, but again, you, we don't understand this about him in the earlier parts of the show. Like, what is his deal? Why can't he be with a woman? But it's clear as day. His father's been calling him a piece of shit since he was born. Forever. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. so that's the reason why that's what gets him going, you know, and it's, I'm sure this exists in the real world, you know, some crazy sexual issue like this for whatever reason it may be, but she knows how to get him going. And it's, I can't, I can't believe that was like, you're right. It was a semi real marriage proposal. And it was as if he was just like dropping the seed and seeing how she reacted to it. And she's not, she never says no to him. You know, she's like, I'm tired. She's keeping the door open. She's keeping the door open. And this, I don't know what this partnership alliance that they're working on is. I don't know if she's just kind of streaming him along and just saying yes to him. You're right. Cause there's, you never know what opportunity could present itself for her. So she's smart enough to know I'm not going to reject this guy and I'll, I'll do what I have to do to keep him happy. But it's interesting. Yeah. And she's an amazing character in the show, too. I mean, oh, she's spectacular. Right? how yeah. great is she? And I hope uh, it's odd. I don't know. That's such a weird. It's such a weird thing that they have. But I mean, it's so good. <laughs> it's That's good. what it's makes good. the show so it's good. good. It's like you never expect that, you know. But uh, well, yeah. I think what's 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 fascinating right now is like, you know, talk about like um what kind of like long plotting are we are we trying to guess at, right? Like what where does the show seem to be going? And I think one thing that had been fairly popular is uh all the way back in the first episode of this season, Logan sort of just like willy nilly says, well, Jerry could be the successor on paper. It really doesn't matter. And so Jerry's name is on there on paper and quote unquote, it doesn't really matter. But people thought maybe it would matter and maybe it would matter if like she and Roman teamed up. um, And if that's a way to get Roman closer to the heart of the company. But this episode, Rhea Jarrell is named CEO. Uh, So at least at least for now, right, like is do you take that as gospel? Like, do you take that as ironclad? Do you take that as Logan having made his choice that Rhea is going to be the person who succeeds him here at Waystar? Well, would you say that uh, Logan is smart enough to know that if the the shit does hit the fan, that whoever is holding that position um, is pretty much going to yeah. get, you know, and, and I think they mentioned That's it on the point. Pl- I think they mentioned it on the plane also he he asked who knows about this and i think he said uh someone said kendall and only this person and he said not raya right they said no raya doesn't know so raya has no idea what's coming her way she just thinks she's been handed the keys to the throne and she's about to have her her world flipped upside down and and logan knows that so he feels almost like he may have accomplished two things and one being that he got shiv to give him his bless her blessing uh, even if he had something to do with getting the, 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 you know, that circle of people who know what's going on to get her to understand it that way. Um, and, and the other thing is he's got someone that's going to take the bullet for him now, uh, as everything comes into play. No, that's a really, that's a really great call. I think, um, the idea that 
I, I think that like less that like Logan, like I'm, I'm, I'm more out on Logan is like once again, double crossing Shiv. <laughs> I can't let it go. But, Josh. I'm sorry, but, but no, but I, I think, I think you're onto something here that Logan, like even that sense of dread that's like hovering around him at the end of the episode. Um, maybe he does like have more of a specific idea of what's coming his way. And maybe he is, I mean, who are we to underestimate Logan Roy? Maybe he is savvy enough to know that there's about to be this massive blowback right. and maybe by necessity he needs to get himself into a position where whoever is going to have to weather that storm is ultimately somebody expendable to him uh and like he like we've said like he had some moments of like genuine humanity in this episode not just you know by going back to his past but we haven't even talked about Grexit Dom uh, right. but Greg like tries to break away from from the Roys because of the threat of his uncle and then he go or his grandfather rather and then he goes to Logan and Logan even just like looks him in the eye and says I like you Greg I right. really do and like I don't know how much of that is because like he's actually uh, he just doesn't want his brother to win yeah, anything I think so. or is it because like he authentically likes that Ichabod crane looking fuck, you uh, know, like I'm sure, I'm sure he likes it, but I'm sure the point is more to just not let his brother win that, that fight either, you know, but I, I think that there could be this weird sort of like actual, like, in Logan's twisted mind, like act of love by putting Rhea in charge so that she just takes all of the bullets that are about to come. Well, I think that you might have something. There. Well, what about, remember when the news first came out about the story leaking? I think this was in the RES days uh, episode. And remember when they had to go on the panel and it was Kendall and Roman saying it was just going to be us two. And Logan said, I want Shiv out there because it was about sexual harassment, you know, and he felt that if a woman could speak for the company, it might not look as terrible as all the information comes out. But maybe he realized, right. yes, we still do need a woman to be the face of this thing, but it just I'd rather it not be my daughter. And maybe that's yeah. another reason why Ray is there, because maybe he wants a woman woman's face on this issue so that it, it just doesn't look like some, you know, you know, executive white guy who's just Old dinosaur. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah, exactly. So that could be another reason why he felt strongly about having Rhea involved in this, knowing that uh, this was coming his way. But uh, yeah, you get this is good when we talk about it because I start to uh, hit on things that I wasn't thinking about 20 minutes ago. That's that's the beauty, that's the beauty of what of we it. do here. Um, <laughs> that's the that's that's our match. That's our right. that's our trick. Uh, we got a lot of feedback this week, but I got to be honest with you. Most of it's about the rap. Uh, we've got we've got, we've got Dave Baker. This for me is a, this is this was still I still feel uncomfortable about it. I still have a hard time with this. Dave Baker and said, "Please discuss the greatness." That was Logan's rap tribute. Uh, Tom Palmer wrote in and said, "Tom and Greg were my favorite Succession characters before tonight, but after tonight, my favorite is Kendall." Did anyone else's character rankings completely? shift the moment he started rapping L to the OG. Uh, Winthropel wrote in and said, I was equally disturbed and enthralled by Kendall's right. rap. Right. Uh, the, the, the fantastic Emily Fox wanted you and I to weigh in on where Kendall's performance falls in terms of a scale from Ice Ice Baby to Rapper's Delight, oh which I feel God. like is uh, an imperfect scale because right. both of those songs are perfect. <laughs> Wait, uh, can I interrupt? Because here's uh, of the 11 listeners right now, if any of you are crossover listeners on the Wiggle Room and the Wand Off, if you can figure out a way <laughs> yeah. to get Logan uh, Kendall's song integrated with a Wand Off song, you that's it. Game over. 
give them the trophy. It's I'm done. Here. You get a hat. <laughs> it's done. Yeah. So I'll be listening. I don't know. Week. I don't know what kind of hat. Maybe it has to be like a special yes. uh, succession. A, a slash, a slash hat. hat, right? Of some kind. Yeah. Uh, yeah but but I, that this, has to this rap, like I, like I said, um, Roman's girlfriend just nailed it. You know, <laughs> it's burning my eyes, but I can't look away. This is that's exactly how I felt. I was like, someone. It's just the most cringeworthy scene ever. Yeah, it was great though. It was great. <sighs> um, what else from the episode or from Succession generally do you want to do? You want to dig into while you've got? Um, I do have some notes here. Let's see what I can. I mean, we did we did cover most of uh, what we were talking about. Uh, I we we really got into the Tom Wham's get uh, Wams Gan stuff, right? I mean. Uh, yeah, so talk talk me through how you feel about 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 my boy. I, I got to tell you because. I, I, he's the one like more than Kendall for some reason I have more a more sensitive thing for Tom than Kendall and and Tom is a, is a son of a bitch I mean he has his moments right <laughs> yes, yeah, some of my yeah. favorite things that come out of his mouth is when Greg walks in the room and he goes hey Greg that's like yeah. <laughs> my favorite thing to hear and like just like yeah. something inside me just lifts when he says hey Greg and yeah. And I get really upset when he realizes in the moment that this is a situation where his wife cheated on him. Like right. even in the opening scene or one of the early the scenes, actor, scene, right, yeah, the, the girl, yeah. the guy she had a fling with. And he goes, Oh, is that the guy? And he plays it off well because of the stupid arrangement that they have. But she seems to be breaking his heart a lot more than he's breaking hers, you know? And Oh, yeah, for sure. She doesn't give a shit. Right. I mean, maybe she, maybe she will, right? Like, if he makes a stand. She and sees then, like, it. Like, right? We saw in, yeah. a, in an episode or two where she walked in on him talking to her, uh, some girl, and he, she like... Like, oh, how does that feel? You know, like she. Well, it's a it's a great microcosm of the way that Logan parented these kids. Right. Where like he can't let them ever have any individuality. Right. Like that's what Kendall says in this episode. Like my father looms very large in our lives because he doesn't allow them to have individuality. Right. And so like when, when when Shiv sees Tom going to make a move within the arrangement, that's not OK. Right. That's not cool. Like she's he's got to be hers, right. right. Like it's the same. Right. deal. But you don't feel bad for her. Right when she walks in, you're not like, oh, not like poor that. Shiv. No, no. no but no. every time I feel bad for her for other reasons. But when it comes to the marriage with Tom, oh, no, I only feel bad. She's terrible. For Tom. But uh, uh, more on Tom. What I what we're seeing, I don't I don't know if you have discussed this. Maybe you have. I don't want to touch on it too much. If you have, but he seems to be fully aware that he may be being used as a pawn. Right, like he's obviously put in all these positions to take over divisions that are toxic. Of some right? yeah. Um, yeah, he kind of knows it. He's not happy about it. He constantly is asking Shiv, uh, "Is this another situation where your dad's gonna hang me out to dry just to cover his own ass?" Like, I'll do it. I don't want to do it, but I'll do it. And it just seems to be that he's uh, growing a little bit tired of uh, of holding this job title. And I think we see in the preview for next week where I think he's just kind of separates himself from the family a little bit again i don't want to get into it because we haven't seen it yet but i think he i think he's starting to find his end and i don't i think he realizes that he's may just be even married to shiv to end up taking the fall for something big that may be coming and uh i think he's looking for a way out <laughs> as we all I, yeah i agree i mean I, in the preview doesn't it does, in the preview doesn't he seem to like deny, deny knowing, knowing who yeah. <laughs> it, 
Disavows Greg. Do you know Greg? Okay. Who's Greg? Hey, Greg. Yeah, I have no idea who that right. is. Well, first of all, I don't like hearing uh, Cousin Greg's name being evoked in a, co- in a courtroom. That makes me very nervous. I love that you and Emily were talking about how he was uh, <laughs> testing out his microphone in the bathroom. How yeah, great yeah. is that? And then, oh, and then when be- he's actually lighting the fire with Tom, he's like, and and the, and the documents are on fire now. <laughs> he's like, just playing it out word for word. This is the greatest combination of characters, right? I mean, this show has so many of these great duos, you know? But these two have got to be everyone's favorite. I don't care. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I it's it's hard not to. They're just so they're so funny together. Uh, and and I and I do think that it's yet another hallmark of why um, this show is so great is that like their individual stories are right. great too, and, you, and they're uh, and they're terrible people, but you love mm-hmm. all of them. You love and them. my my crazy out you know out there theory is somehow Greg ends up taking over the company. Look, I think that crazier things <laughs> right. have happened on television. Right. I, I I I would I think love to like, see Greg and Tom take over this company and throw all of the Roys right to the street. Uh, well, I think like, look, if like if the story of succession uh, and like if the story of Logan Roy to some degree, at least in his mind, has been um, being, you know, it's a rags to riches thing. Right. Right. Uh, does he see some of that in Greg? So like when he's saying, I like right. you, to Greg, that's why I ask, okay. like, is there some authenticity right. there where he sees that like Greg is hustling? Greg, right. Uh, like Greg he, seems to be working way harder than any of his you know? children. Right. <laughs> and like the, if, if you even just like try to like uh, forecast what the long arc of succession could be uh, and you go back to like the very earliest days of this Greg's show. Greg's in the opening and, like, scene, he, isn't he? When he's wearing he's, a mask? I don't know. No, the opening scene is I, I'm pretty sure is Logan pissing on the floor. Uh, so like right? it's like see it's seeing him like in the middle of the night. Oh, like, he, okay, like, okay. He can't make it to the yeah, bathroom. But the, yeah, but early in the episode, uh, yeah, you see uh, Greg running around the theme park, throwing up in his yeah, like pu- puking through <laughs> the yeah. thing. So like they're both releasing fluids, right? man. Hey, you know um, what? So like. Is this is this like is this a story of uh, of uh, cruise ships passing in the night? Right. Like, is this something where the long haul of succession, when we look back at it, is a rags to riches story? And somehow Cousin Greg is able to sit on the iron. Yeah. You know what it is? It's it's, (laughs) that's what it is. We're watching the Game of Thrones right now. Yeah, it's exactly what it is. And. Yeah, you may start to see some of these main characters die off one at a time. Oh God, please, <laughs> I mean, don't, please don't do that. You know, I don't, I don't want that to happen unless there's like ghosts. Oh, in the now, universe now you've stuff. ruined me. Now I'm going to be convinced. Now, now everything I watch is just going to artificially make its way to Greg taking over this this company. I mean, it's a fun lens to watch the great. show through. Because, I would you not know. have an issue whatsoever if Greg ends up sitting in the throne. Uh, one character we haven't talked about a lot, and I think we can use this to start closing out here. This is from uh, Joanne, the Piston fan, uh, who had a couple of feedback notes, including uh, that the cruise scandal is hitting the fan. Ray is the successor, but I can't focus on any of that because L to the OG, <laughs> uh, but actually had really good feedback. In addition to that, uh, writing in and saying, Marsha is so mysterious oh. and I cannot get a read on her all I know for sure is that she has not been happy for some time yet. I can't picture her leaving Logan. Any thoughts on where Marsha is headed? Uh, we are what? 18 episodes into the, into the run of succession at this point, And she's still by far, she's a series regular and yet she's still by far like the most mysterious. I ha- Do you have any I thoughts have on her? On, any I'm read? not even kidding. On the sheet of paper, it says, Marsha, who the hell is this woman? Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. who is she? And what is the history of, 
of how they got together. That's going to tell so much. And that's if she even stays with him. You know, I can't see her just leaving and then we don't ever hear from her again. Right. She's so mysterious. We need to know what their story is and how it started, because it's odd. She had to have dealt with his shenanigans for a very long time. Right. Logan, obviously, like you, you he doesn't like Shenanigans. Well, you've, you've heard him like you heard her say what he was talking to her a few episodes earlier saying, you look, you're going to hear some things. Some things are going to come out. And she says, I know the man I married. I know who you are. Yeah. Don't be like, I got right. your back. If I'm with someone, I'm with someone. She doesn't appear to be with him anymore. <laughs> you know, so what changed this episode? And I think a lot of it has to do with the the Raya stuff. Right. Obviously, she's hearing things. um, it was when Shiv was almost trying to create an alliance with Marsha. Marsha was like, uh, I'm good. I don't need your help. You know, but obviously something that Shiv said to her must have stuck because two minutes later, you see her talking to Rhea about STD testing, <laughs> you know? So, right, right. So obviously, even though she told Shiv she doesn't need any assistance in the matter, she obviously was bothered by the conversation and she took the matters into her own hands. And I think she something must have struck her where she's like, you know, I know I recently said I'm, if I'm with you, I'm with you. But I, I, I think I've had it with you. And I'm I'm taken by that because just so recently we heard her say that I, I you're my man and I got your back. So it's, it's their, their story is very odd. And, and her as a character is very mysterious. And I wish we knew what the hell was going on with this woman. Uh, I guess I just wonder, like, at, at a certain point, like. Is the thing is like the from the writer's standpoint is like is Marsha like the the stick of dynamite that just has like the longest fuse and it's just going to take a while before that blows up. But when it blows up, we're going to all be thrown off because like she's going to become of like very critical central importance to the story. Or is like she uh, like is that like the idea with her? And the bomb's just never going to go off because the show is just going to be so tightly, elaborately written. And there's just never going to be a good way to like draw Marsha in a little bit more. And so she's always just going to be sort of like this fringe mystery character. Right. I can see it going either way. Um, she's just that way. Like, 18 episodes in, man. We know nothing, we know about, nothing her. about it. But we, what we do remember from the first season is how much the kids didn't like her. Right. And, and still don't have a relationship with her whatsoever. But like when uh, Logan had the stroke. And, you know, he was bedridden like she was super protective of him and she wouldn't let anyone through the door. And like they were like, who who are you? Like, that's my father. Don't tell me I can't see my own father. And like she had like right. this power over them where if she said, no, you're not coming in, they weren't coming in. And there's obviously some resentment between the kids and her. And there's a reason for it. And they need to tell us what it is because I can't take it anymore. Yeah. Um, anything else on succession, Dan? What what have what have you not gotten off your? Uh, chest? Who yeah who who deserves to be uh, eviscerated by you right now? Anybody or you just love you know all you know who I briefly want to touch on. Hugo, Hugo is Hugo. the uh, was is he like the the head of the division of cruises? In real life, his name is Fisher Stevens. Oh yeah. <laughs> I only know him as Fisher Stevens and uh, and George Minkowski of Lost Fame. Okay, so you uh, only know. Last we saw him on on Lost, he was uh, he was on a boat. He died. Yes. Spoiler. Okay, he was that. He was uh, short circuit. Wait, you're forgetting his best movie ever, The Flamingo Kid. 
You, I gotta tell you, I don't think what? I've seen the Flamingo Kid. You, yeah, I don't Mr. think I've seen the movie Flamingo critic. Kid. No, you haven't seen the Flamingo Kid with Matt Dillon, no. where he, he's a no. cabana boy on Long Island in the summer. Oh my God, I'm looking you at the can, poster right now. Cannot, I've definitely never seen this, and this is a huge. You cannot uh, find uh, this movie anywhere. <laughs> you cannot find this movie anywhere. Why would you tease me, me with something I, I will can't go access? on a mission to find you this movie. His name in the in the in the movie The Flamingo Kid is Hawk Gans, and he oh man, he's, I, I, we'll talk. We'll have a, a podcast about The Flamingo Kid one day. But when I see Hugo or Fisher Stevens in this, all I can think about is him saying "Sweet Georgia Brown." And anyone that's listening, any eleven of you out there that know what I'm talking about, pay me some homage on Twitter to yeah. Fisher Stevens from The Flamingo Kid. Hawk Gans. Yeah, I see that. There's some cool names of characters. There's oh someone named God. Fortune Smith. This is the greatest movie. This is a, a oh movie God. I watched a thousand times as a kid. I don't know what what year was the movie. It was probably like 85. Uh, it's 84. Oh oh, I was I was, uh, I was three months away from existence. Okay, I was six years old at the time. So I didn't watch it the year it came out, but I, you know, probably when I was 12 or 13, I was watching it. I'm surprised this isn't like a WB-11 movie. Like, I feel like <sighs> so I would have crossed paths with... Uh, if you ever get your hands on it. Sure. And you watch it, okay. you'll appreciate it because you right, appreciate we'll good. We'll yeah, talk. you appreciate good movies. Uh, this is non non uh, succession related, but I just had to get this off my chest. I was going to bring this up at the beginning. This was uh, regarding uh, your podcasts from last week with Emily. So, as we discussed briefly, I was on a three day weekend to visit some friends in Mechanicsburg, PA, and we did a day. Yes, that's where, that's where you just where you were uh, literally got uh, you some roller coasters. Right, I Hershey saw. Park, we did for a day. So I started listening. Very on brand for uh, the, the roller coasters. Oh, right. of, right. I was at, literal I was and, at parks. And, uh, exactly. I was at parks. Yeah, exactly. You were at the parks. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, so real briefly. Uh, so I, I told you, I like to prepare for podcasts. And uh, yes. so I was listening I started listening to you and uh, you and Emily, I think Friday at work, this last one that you did, and then I didn't finish it. And I said, you know what? I have a long drive to and from Pennsylvania. I'll, you know, finish listening to it there. I decided to listen to it on the way back today. So I restarted your podcast on the way back. So I'm already driving for like an hour or two uh, and... Before I put it on, you know, I'm chatting with my wife and the kids and we got lunch and then they. Are you doing uh, car speakers, headphones? Um, I I had packed my speakers in my bag, so I had to okay. put it on. But I knew. And again, you're you you and Emily have you do not have potty mouth. You guys are very clean. This is the one. This is the know, one podcast where we do. Let the, we let the F bomb fly. We let them. We let them lose. So filthy, right? We try not to be excessive right. about it. You're not. It, but. And you're not. So. Um, what we did was we had lunch and then we got back in the car and I saw the kids kind of dozing off. And even my wife was dozing off because my wife doesn't want succession and I, she loves your voice, but I didn't think she really wanted to sit through listening to that. So, <laughs> sure. so I see them dozing off and I say, this is perfect. Let me put it on now. This is the right. time. So I put yeah, it on absolutely. not too loud, not to bother anybody. There was a couple comments about dick pics, nothing crazy, yes. right? No big yes. deal. So I, I'm like halfway through it and, and you stop uh, for a sponsor. And all of a sudden I hear something about Manscaped and Lawnmower yes. 2.0. And yes. I'm just like, yes. what is this? I, what is this product? What is he talking about? And I make. Oh, and so you, oh, you used the promo code and bought uh, wait, one. Wait, wait. So I'm putting <laughs> it up and 
you and Emily are talking about how you're going to get one and you and all the, the good things it does for men. Yes. And I'm um, just like jaw dropping. Deodorizing. Like, yeah. Wow. Just baffled. And I, and I look in my, I do, a, I do a good ad read, right? Fantastic. I've got, yeah, yeah. Until the part where I look in my rear view and my 11 year old daughter is sitting there with the most <laughs> bewildered look on her face. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, I can't ever make her unhear that. <laughs> so, oh, uh, yeah. no. What's your daughter's Donna. name? Yeah. Donna, I'm so yeah, sorry. No, she, she won't be listening anymore. <laughs> Donna, I apologize. Uh, on the off chance that, that your father breaks his promise and puts the podcast on right now while you're in the car with him, I'm just, I'm so sorry. Not your for fault. For what I did. And to all, and to, to, to Donna Nation, to all the Donnas out there, I'm really, really sorry. Really, I'm mostly sorry to all the, the, the Dom analogs out there, oh. the, the parents who, uh, who had to, uh, to have their children endure. Oh, man. Uh, it was the lawnmower. It was quite fun. It was funny, but uh, she luckily I was able to you know blow it off like oh, it's deodorant. It's fine. <laughs> but, literally, as I'm looking at her in the rear view, the words "lawnmower 2.0" are coming out of Emily's mouth. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just like yeah. Jesus. Who names a product lawnmower 2.0? Yeah, and we 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 really we kept it going throughout. It was the, so uh, funny. The, the it was great. And honestly, in all reality, you know, take my daughter out of the equation. This sounds like a fantastic product. You no, know, it's a good product, and you should use the promo. We're code. gonna do that. Uh, we've got we've got the we've got the discount <laughs> for you. Um, oh. All right, Dom. I feel like we're not going to top yeah, that. No, that's a way to go out, right? <laughs> I think that you know, in like succession, you got to go out on a high oh, note. Sure. Uh, I think I think that we nailed it. Uh, this was so much fun. Uh, it was it, you're you're a natural podcaster, Dom. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Uh, and uh, well, we would we would love to have you back on, especially when Emily is feeling well, so uh, uh, she can get all your takes. Yes, that would be lovely. as well. Uh, maybe towards the end of the season, we can do a big special. We'll get cousin Benjamin oh. back on the line. We'll get the whole gang together. Sounds like a plan. Uh, it'll be a blast. All right. So that's going to do it for us here on the succession podcast this week. If you have not done so already subscribe to the podcast, postshowrecaps.com slash succession takes you to our succession only feed on Apple, but you can find us on any podcast app that you use. Uh, you can also subscribe to the main feed that we've got going on here on post show recaps. We've got a ton of shows that are happening right now. The aforementioned lost podcast is going on. Mr. Robot. We've got walking dead coverage going on. So, so post show recaps, it's all happening over here. Uh, find Dom online. Dom, how do people reach you? Uh, on Twitter, Dominic underscore Abate. Okay. So find Dominic Abati. Abati. Uh, Abati. Abati. Find the man Abati. Uh, I am at Round Howard, like Ron Howard, but rounder. Uh, we will be back very soon. Emily Fox back in the house in the near future talking about the penultimate episode of Succession Season 2. 209. Until next time, everybody, take care. Bye-bye.